Hey, welcome back. It's Pablo, your Chief Executive Connector, and today is a special episode. I spoke in front of a live audience for the first time since pre-COVID, and it was all about growth through relationships. So, as you can imagine, I was a little nervous, but you let me know how'd I do. Check it out. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, In my walks, every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that, I can learn from him. This means every single person you've ever interacted with has done something slightly different than every single other person, and therefore has something to teach you, and you, my friend, have something to teach them. This means every conversation you have is both a chance to learn something and a chance to make an impact. Every room full of people you walk into is both a library and your stage. And the better you get at getting to know people, the value they each inherently bring, and how to share it with others, the greater the impact you can make on the world. My name is Pablo Gonzalez, and I've created a system called the Relationship Flywheel, designed to create impact through relationships at scale. And this podcast is a living document of how to do it. So hit subscribe right now. If you want to learn how to get to know people, get them to know you, and build a world-class network. Some episodes will be interviews, some episodes will be regular calls with people building rapport, and some will be tactical advice to teach you how to build your own relationship flywheel and achieve anything you want. Now smash that subscribe button and let's get connected. I'm freaking out right now because I haven't been in front of like a room full of people in like a year and I'm a super extrovert so I'm really, really pumped up uh, and I completely rewrote my speech when I saw what, you know, what this was about. Um, my name is Pablo Gonzalez and I really want to be your friend, right? Like that is, that's what I'm about, right? You know. Uh, I'm in marketing and I've, and I've backed into marketing and I've got a marketing agency and I only bring that up because in marketing you know that the fastest way to grow an audience is to grow it through other audiences, right? And at the end of the day, the whole, like, I want to be your friend thing, it's, it's legit, like, I really deeply want to, but there's, there's something behind that, and it's the idea that this event is about growth, and I believe that the fastest way to grow is you grow through people. There's a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, in my walks, every man I meet is in some way my superior. And in that, I learned from you. And I really take that to heart, right? Like that, what that means is that everybody in this room has walked a different path that I have. Everybody in this room has thought about something longer than I have. You've had the experience and you contextualize it differently than I have, right? There's something I can learn from you. And I've really, really dedicated my life to that concept. And it's led to amazing things. Uh, I've always been obsessed with this whole relationship building thing, and I've learned two, two ways are the quickest ways to, to build relationships. One is to share vulnerability. The reason why that is, is because people don't connect with, they don't do business with, they don't follow, they don't bond with people that they understand. They connect with, they follow, they do business with people that understand them. And if you can be authentic, and you know, share a pain point authentically, and somebody's gone through that, 
that creates that validation, right? Like that's the that's the reason why veterans can bond, right? They've been through the, a similar experience together, they've been in a similar pain. Um, I'm an immigrant, right? Like, it, like I, I hear about somebody that moved here from another country. It's I, I know what that feels. If I mean, Vincent and I bonded over the loss of a, of a sibling, right? Like that type of stuff really connects people deeply. And because of that, I really believe that authenticity is the highest form of currency these days, right? So I come up here. I tell you, I'm excited because I am, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna fake it. I'm a little bit nervous. <laughs> I've done this in a while, uh, but but it's true, right? Like like beat yourself in this in this world where. There are no more secrets, right? Like everybody understands everything. Authenticity is the highest form of currency. You can't, you can't fake it, right? Like you gotta attract the people that 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 are gonna be attracted to and attract your tribe. The other thing that I've learned that is builds relationships the quickest is adding value to someone's life. Right? Like if I do something for you, you like it. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Like I like the first time I read this was in in a book called Influence by Robert Cialdini, that's like the seven like levers of influencing people, which I'm not gonna lie, I was reading because I wanted to be manipulative, right? Like that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that vulnerability in a second. Um, but he talks about how the Harry Christians in like the late 70s, early 80s, became famous because they had this like fundraising way of like giving somebody a flower and asking for a donation. And the flower had no value, right? Like they just handed you like a half-dying flower, it had no value, but once you gave something to somebody and you asked for something, we're just hardwired to get back, right? So, with that in mind, I'm here to add as much value to your life as possible. So you can be my friend, right? Um, and and I'm going to start with the vulnerability, right? Like I, I I like I said, I've always been this person. I've always been obsessed with how many friends I can make, and it comes from a long line of you know being an immigrant, being the only kid in preschool that didn't speak Spanish and wanted to belong, that didn't speak English and wanted to belong, and being the most American person in my family. But as I grew up, I had this kind of like negative reinforcement where because I was like an entertaining little kid and I could speak, I could get adults to like buy this stuff, right? So like it became very transactional for me. And that's why I, you know, up until like my late 20s, early 30s, I'd read books on psychology in the brain and it was really just like, how can I get stuff to people to do things for me, right? Um, and it wasn't until, until that time, early 30s, where I... I started my career in California. I became a green building expert. I moved back to Miami and started the screen building consulting company, first company I ever started. And at the time, I got an email from Habitat for Humanity asking if anybody wanted to start a young professional. So I raised my hand. At the time, I was thinking very transactional, right? I'm like, oh, I'm going to start this young professional group for Habitat. That's construction, reconstruction. I'm going to get some clients. Not how it worked, right? But something else happened, right? Like I started this group. A year later, I was on the board of Habitat. A year after that, I was in this leadership planning program. A year after that, I was in multiple boards of charities, starting young professional groups for different charities. And that really changed my life because it led me to understand a couple of like very fundamental concepts. Human beings are happiest when they're in service. Right? Like if you are if you feel like you are fulfilling a purpose, that you are doing what you need to be doing, that you're adding value to people's lives, it, it breeds genuine joy in your life. Right? And, that, and that creates this environment to bond with people. The other thing that hit me was as I started getting into these rooms and these boards of charities, I started realizing that what worked for me until then wasn't working for me anymore. The, 
Ace Ventura personality and like frat guy, funny guy thing. Really only worked with dudes that looked like me that wanted to pick up chicks and that wasn't the room that I was in anymore, right? Like I needed to figure out another way to bond with these leaders of society that were in this room with me now, right? Like I, I, was, I was seeking that. And you know, I had a couple of aha moments. One was I was with my buddy Oscar Lopez we were taking these like bankers out to lunch because we were trying to plan this event and you know, I just realized that like my shtick wasn't working, right? So for the first time ever, I wasn't showing up trying to be like entertaining and like being the center of attention. I was just kind of quiet, trying to figure out what I'm going to do here. And Oscar, being a commercial banker, you know, he does he does what commercial bankers do, right? They problem solve, right? So we sat down with these guys, like, hey, man, how's, how's business? You know, like, what's going on? You know, what? How's how's the economy? And I, and I saw these these older people that were of a certain ilk just like open up to him, right? And, and start talking about themselves and their pain points and what they're trying to accomplish. And it sounds really basic to say, but that was a big aha moment for me, right? Like it's, communication isn't about you, it's about the other person. You never actually start a conversation with anyone. What you hope for is to catch up to the conversation that's happening inside their head, right? And once you're there, you know, Maybe you can steer the route, right? Like maybe at that point you can you can take him down that same journey that you want to be on. But you're not going to do that unless you understand what their priorities are, what their hopes and dreams are, what their pain points are, right? So the idea of starting conversations with questions was profound. For me. It sounds stupid to say, right? But like I'm, I'm hoping somebody learns that today. You know who knows? Um, the other thing that happened was, well, we were trying to pull off this event for another charity I was on the board for, uh, Miami Lighthouse for the Blind. And the executive director, she's a beast, she's like this like, old lady that went blind late in life and has like a, amazing, like she's, she's built this incredible, incredible charity. And I'm there with my buddy Otto, and we're trying to, you know, make small talk with Virginia at the time. And as Virginia's talking about different people to invite, Otto's like, oh yeah, that guy's in this industry, this industry works like this. And she's like, oh. And uh, this person's like, oh, this person's in this industry, this industry works like that. I'm like, how does Otto know all this stuff, right? And like at a certain point, Virginia's like, Otto, you're a super interesting guy. And I got super jealous. <laughs> uh, and that's when the whole, I mean, I'm sure, has anybody heard this before? To be interesting, you gotta be interested. That's, that's when that dawned on, right? Like it's this idea that Otto, in another industry that you have to be a skilled networker in insurance sales, right? You know, he's, he's, like Oscar, he's a skilled question asker, right? So he was he was getting to know people and understanding their business models, and then all of a sudden in a different room, talking about a whole other subject, he was super valuable. So contextualization, right? Like the whole like understanding where someone is in their head, and then recontextualizing so they know how they can use that. I'm like, this is it, right? Like I, I, I mean, I, I got voted funniest in high school. I've never written a joke, but I watched every funny movie and I knew how to use the lines, right? So I thought, if I could just get in as many conversations as I can, understand as many people and their pain points and their and their and, and, and what they're trying to do, and then from that that I learn, if I hear that same pain point or I hear that same trajectory, give that advice, that now makes you valuable, right? So that was my that was the beginning of of me really turning into who I am now, right? Which is somebody that wants to be a service as much as possible. And the way to do it is creating relationships and valuing people's lives, rinse and repeat. Right? So at that point, I just went full hand. Right? Like I, I, I just, anybody heard of the, you know what the reticular activator is? 
it's it's the part of the brain that like gets pattern recognition, right? Like so, you know, maybe maybe you don't realize it, but I, I, so this happens to me, right? Like I, I at one point I bought a, a kiwi green Honda Element, right? <laughs> like purposely the ugliest car I could get, right? And all of a sudden I was seeing kiwi green Honda Elements everywhere. I was like, everybody has this car, but but that's not the truth. The truth is like you're because you now notice that car, you now notice it more often, right? So. One of the reasons why the law of attraction works and things of that sort, right? Like if you if you start calling out the things you start recognizing, and your, your brain starts looking for them. So my brain started doing that with relationships, and I started just really systematizing, you know, what works, what doesn't work. And I'm going to give you some tactical advice on it right now, right? Because once I realized that there was a room full of business owners here, I would love to just give you my best trick type thing, and that's going to take a little bit to explain. But I want to give you just like regular one-to-one relationship building things that work. Number one, the nonprofit thing, I couldn't recommend it more. Right? Like getting involved in nonprofits, uh, whether it's through a young professionals committee, 21st Men, or or uh, like I'm, I'm a part of um, Rethreaded or uh, Best Buddies or whatever. Right? If you can get into any any one of these nonprofits and just raise your hand and say I want to help. It's gonna, it's gonna get you to work on all these soft skills that normally life, once you graduate, like you're just not set in that scenario, right? Like walking into rooms and networking and understanding how to have a conversation. As you move up in that world, you start doing what Vince is doing, having an event, introducing people, you become a public speaker, right? Like all of these soft skills came from that. And number one, which I was just talking to you about, is the idea that the people that are on the board of nonprofits are the movers and shakers and influencers and decision makers of your town, right? And you want to talk about leading with value, right? Like if you want to get a meeting with, uh, I don't know, a guy like Alex Zafakis who has a $160 million business here, he's on the board of Habitat, right? So if you start volunteering for Habitat, you're going to be in the room with Alex at some point, right? It's, it, it, is, it is an avenue to access the people that you want to know. And on top of that, it kind of self-selects for the giver mentality. Right? Like when I was recruiting young professionals for these different young professional groups, I'd be like, Miami's a super flaky town, but you know, here, at least everybody in this room cares at least a little bit about something else that isn't just themselves. Right? So it self-selects for the type of person that you want to know. Right? Um, and you're going to realize that these people, they're not transaction-based. They're not transaction-motivated. They're relationship-motivated. And at the end of the day, that's one of the main things that I want people to walk away from here is don't focus on transactions, focus on relationships, right? Because the way that you can grow an audience is through other people. The way you grow your influence is through other people. And the more you focus on adding value to those around you, the more relationships you're going to have, the more access you're going to have, the more, the more things you're going to be able to do. Right, so now let's talk tactical level, networking, building relationships, whatever. I'm sure COVID's going to end at some point and we're going to be back to, to, to networking rooms. Uh, the biggest pain points I see for people in networking rooms, number one is like, how do I start a conversation and it isn't cheesy? And the other one is like, who do I talk to right, when I walk in a room? So a couple of things that have worked for me. Number one, the thing that most people start with conversations with when they're at like a business event is, oh, what do you do? Right? Kind of a canned question, you're going to get a canned response. I'm an accountant, I'm a commercial inspector, whatever, right? Like, you want to ask relations the way that my friend Oscar was asking relations. You want to not ask relations, ask questions, right? Ask questions that are going to inform you on people's motivations, right? Like ask a question that's open-ended that they can answer in a way that's going to give you a little bit of insight into what's important to them. 
the one that I always use, right, the one that I've settled on is what brings you here, right? Like, you ask somebody what brings you there, they can tell you, oh, because I'm an accountant and I need, a, and I need clients, so cool, you know, you know the thing, but they can also be like, oh, I'm friends with Vincent, or oh, I really care about this cause, or you know, I just had to get out of the house because my husband's driving me crazy, whatever, right? Like, um, you, get to, you get to know them a little bit better, and what I like about that line is that it works at a networking event, like it works at a wedding, like it works at Starbucks, it, it works anywhere, right? Like, what brings you, right? Put the ball in their court to open up to you, tell you something that you can then follow up right? Like, oh, okay, so this is what you care about. Tell me more about this, tell me more about that, right? So like, you keep asking good questions so you can get to know them, so you can look for an opportunity to add value into their life. The other piece is how you started really, really matters, right? Like how you show up matters. It just does. I learned this, uh, I took a class like six years ago. I got a financial advisor, his name's Olti. Uh, super cool Albanian dude that I'm a big fan of. And I'm like the smallest fish in his in his pond, right? And he's calling me over some paperwork a couple years ago. I'm like, oh, T, what's up? You know, I see him on the phone. I'm like, oh, T, what's up, bro? I've talked to you forever, right? Like, I asked him, I was just pumped up to talk to him. He's like, man, Pablo, like, every time I call you, you like, make me feel so good. You're like, I love talking to you. And I'm like, oh, this is why this guy does business with me. It's not because I have enough money to, 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 to like, qualify for this fund. It's because when he interacts with me, he's happy about it, right? So show up when you're gonna show up, right? Like when you pick up the phone, hey, you know, like, like put that little extra amount of energy in it, you're gonna get a lot of return back over, over, over the years, right? Over every time that you do it. When you're going to like an event, when you're showing up to your husband's friend's wedding and you don't know anybody and you're like, oh, I gotta be here, be there, man. You know, like be like, what, what, what's gonna be great here? I'm gonna walk into this network event. Who am I gonna meet? Right? Like, show up with that attitude. And and when people approach you, you know, give them the energy that you want back. It makes a huge, huge difference. And I didn't, you know, I, again, stuff that I've just realized by doing. And that sounds really natural. And I feel like an imposter up here saying these things. But if it helps you, it helps. I hope it does. Second, when you're walking into these events, right? Biggest friction is the first conversation. So how do you get into that first conversation? A couple of things. One is there's always a line somewhere, right? Like whether it's today, it's kind of, you know, COVID, we're socially distanced, right? But like, there's always like a registration line. There's always like a bar line. There's always like a food line. At a conference, there's always some kind of line wherever you are. And every time I see people in line, they're like this. You know, you're there to meet people. You know, like that's that's the first rep you can get in to talk to someone. Just turn around with the person behind you, hey, what brings you? Right? Like tap the person in front of you, hey, what brings you? Right? Like get a conversation in, man. It'll, it'll just make you. It'll it'll get you into that zone, right? It's like a like a football player that needs to get hit to to then realize that they're in the game, right? Like that that that's how it works. Second one, and this is my favorite, is the person that I call the floater. In all of these events, all these networking events, all these rooms, there's always somebody that's either you know. Off in the corner on their phone, pretending like they're answering an email, but they're not really answering an email. They're just like ashamed that they're not talking to anybody. They feel like a loser and they're dying for you to rescue them. Or there's a person that's like walking the room, like just pretending like they're going somewhere and they've crossed the room like three or four times. If you talk to that person, you have already provided value to someone. <laughs> like you are their hero, right? Like I'm, I'm like, I'm fanatical about that. I see somebody crossing my room, I'll be like, hey, you know, like if I see them doing that, right? Because I know that they're gonna just like run over like a puppy. And immediately you feel good about yourself, and they feel good about themselves. And 
a lot of the time, these people are introverts. And there's these like big misconceptions about introvert, right? Like I'm, I'm a big time extrovert, right? So it's very easy for me to like get up in front of them. You know, introverts, it's not that they don't like conversations, not that they don't like being in the company of other people. They just get a little bit drained and they're a little bit uncomfortable. But once you, once you get them into a conversation, then introverts have this amazing ability to observe things because they're not just always talking. <laughs> right? uh, so conversations you're going to get into introverts are going to be some of the most valuable conversations that you can have. Right? Because they're going to see it from this perspective that you haven't seen. That's another chip in the cap. Right? Another recontextualization that you can have for other people. And then now the next move is I always get asked about follow-up, right? Like follow-up mechanisms, whatever you want to do, man. Like I, I'm, I'm personally a big believer that if you make as good a first impression as you can, you can follow up whenever and they're going to be happy to talk, right? Like the whole people remember how you make them feel. If you make them feel good, next time they see you, they're going to remember that you felt good. But a couple of things that I started doing that kind of supercharged my ability to follow up with people, I call it having a hometown state. Right, so I used to live in this like trendy place in Miami. Anybody know Miami here? You ever heard of Wynwood? Yeah, so I lived in Wynwood for five years. And um, you know, I just got I got in really deep in this one restaurant that became like really trendy and like LeBron James would go to it or whatever, but I I, I got really deep, right? Like I, I got to know the bartender, I got to know the bar manager, I got to know the chef, the maitre d', whatever. And at a certain point when I'd set up a meeting to follow up with somebody, I'd start whenever possible, I'd set the meeting there. And, you know, I wouldn't say anything about it, but when I meet somebody outside, you walk in, and the first thing that happens is the bartender waves at you, like, hey, what's up, Joey, right? Like, and then the bar manager comes out, like, hey, Paula, you know, like, by the time the third person says what's up to you, the person that you're meeting with is like, who is this person? This is great. <laughs> right? So, you know, put the effort into one place, right? If it's your Starbucks, just like, get to know the, all the baristas so that when you walk in, they know you, right? Like, just, just put the effort into one place that can be your hometown stadium. And you're gonna see that when you follow up with people and you take them there, the reaction and like the effect that you have on it is exponential. The other thing I like to call is being a tour guide. Right? And again, I'm in Linwood, this is a new and upcoming place, I got all my friends from Miami or new people in town that I'm making friends with and they're like, oh, I'm going to Linwood, where do I go? Like, oh, I wanna go. So I started like keeping track of this like list of like my favorite recommendations for Linwood. And you know, I had it, right? So like at first it was just like, I just want to make this easy on myself. But then I expanded that to like my favorite things to do in Miami, my, you know, like I in, in different categories and, and keeping lists of anything that you know about, that you ask about. Nowadays, I still have that list in Miami. And when I'm on LinkedIn and I see someone's going to, a, to like a conference in Miami, I'm like, hey man, here's my list of restaurants in Miami in case you want it, right? Like if you got to go out and take somebody out or meet somebody when you're there, it's just another little like chip of value that you can give to people. And you don't have to like live in a trendy place and like know all the restaurants, but anything that you're into, right? Like if you just had a kid enroll in preschool and you just did all the research for all the preschools, you probably got a pretty good understanding and that's probably gonna help some people, right? Like anybody, anytime you hear, oh, my sister's having a kid, okay, here's my list of preschools. Right, like it's just, it's just one way to get in through the door of that. So anything that you're into, you like books, you like movies, make a list, have it, give it to people. So I had this, I had this moment, right, when I was trying to figure out how to scale relationship building, how to scale the value aggregation. Um, and as I'm, my star is rising socially in Miami, my, 
my career is like at a, at a dead end, right? Like I, I started this company, I got acquired by my base client, I went in the house, I thought I made it, and then all of a sudden I'm like stuck, right? Because they just put me there and left me to die kind of thing. And at the last moment, my CEO gets invited to this panel about smart cities in Miami. And he doesn't want to go, so he sends me instead. And I show up to this place, and I share the stage in front of the Economic Development Agency of Miami with like the head of Cisco Systems for Latin America, and the head of like the Smart Cities Initiative of the World Bank. And for the first time ever, when I come off of that stage, there's like a line 16 waiting to talk. And what happens is I realize everybody thinks that because I'm on stage, I'm more important. <laughs> right? like it's, it's the brain justifies what it sees. So when you see someone on stage and you're in the audience, the brain tells you, oh, they belong there, I belong here to a certain extent. And then on top of that, if you're sharing the stage with amazing people, you become guilty by association. Right? So, so that power dynamic becomes very real to me. And I started, my next move was I reached out to this developer that's having this controversial project in Coral Gables. It's this high rise in a low density neighborhood, but it's on top of the metro rail, and I know it's trans-oriented development, it's incentivizing public transportation. And I reach out to this dude who everybody's trying to get his business, and I'm like, hey, I want to have this event for the young professionals of Miami, because now I have a couple of a couple audiences. And I want to put you on stage with a politician on the board of one of my charities, and a land use attorney that I know, and we're going to have this thing and talk about trans-oriented development and the need for public transportation. Yes, takes it, right? Wouldn't have taken a meeting with me anyways. Shows up, I give him the stage, a week later we're back to on a $60 million contract. Right? So, value, right? That was my whole value-based business development thing. And now, what I've realized, thanks to Gary Vee and, 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 and this world, right? Like, there's stages everywhere, right? Like, you can have your own stage because a YouTube channel is a stage, a blog is a stage, a podcast is a stage, your email list is a stage. I look at text intros as stages, right? Like if I'm introducing somebody to somebody else, I say, you know, Yahira, I want you to meet Vincent, Vincent, I want you to meet Yahira. Vincent, Yahira is this dynamic real estate professional. She's making a big name for herself and networking circles here in Jacksonville. You gotta meet her, she's awesome. You hear me, Vincent, Vincent's this community creator that really cares about people, he's a social media expert, you gotta meet him, he's awesome, you guys are gonna get along great, right? Like, I, I, I purposely put two people on a pedestal to each other to introduce him, to give him that stage effect, and that's that value, right? So now, I just saw that there's a lot of business owners here, and what I would encourage you to do is figure out who your clientele is and who you serve, right? And design a stage that you can do that for. Right, like once you understand who you're serving and you know what, what your value is, what you give to them, figure out what else they like. What else are they interested in? Who can I who can I introduce them to that's in my network that is part of my clientele that you want to meet the rest of my clientele or that I want to get close to, right? Like this developer or, or the politician, right? And if you can design interactions where you are having a conversation with someone that you really, really want to get close to anyways, right? Because they're either one of your, your ideal client, your best client, somebody you really want to know, and you can do it in front of other people, be it a live Zoom call where other people can show up and ask questions, a panel event like this, even, even, a, even a blog or an email list where you allow people to comment, and you try to facilitate those three relationships and share them and put people on your stage, then that starts becoming this relationship flywheel that adds value to everybody involved, right? Because you're adding value to your audience because you're introducing them to interesting people, you're adding value to yourself because you're creating this relationship and that relationship, and you're adding value to the, to the guests because you're introducing them to your audience. 
And that, you know, that, that at the end of the day has been the way that I've, I've scaled the relationship building, right? Like we've taken calls where I, nowadays you're taking these calls on Zoom, right? Like you can just record them, right? And then take the best part and clip it and put it on your social media. When you're out networking and somebody says something interesting, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? You have the conversation, you record it, it's like, hey, what'd you say about uh, social media that, that, that was super, super interesting? You had this awesome experience, clip, put it on your LinkedIn, tag them, make the post about them. The key is to be the stage, not the star of the stage, mm. right? And let people connect through you. And, uh, you know, I'll leave you with this last thing. The human being is the quintessential social animal. Right, like we're not at the top of the food chain because we have big teeth or, or like tough skin or, or we're like uh, super fast or super strong. We're at the top of the food chain because one caveman looked at another caveman and said, dude, if we work together, we can take down the woolly man. Right, like we settled in cities because a bunch of Romans decided they could build an aqueduct together so we could densify and work on stuff together. Right, like we got to, the, we put two people on the moon because an entire country got behind it and put two people on the moon. Right? Like if you're gonna accomplish anything great as a business owner, as a human being, anything, you're gonna need people in your life. And you're gonna need to get good at understanding that value in the people around you and how your value fits into their life and how you can put that puzzle together to accomplish something that you can by yourself. And the better you get at identifying people's value, the better you're gonna get at identifying your own value. And then you're gonna be in service. The key to building your relationship flywheel will rely in your ability to design and build your own stage where you can have conversations with people, getting to know them, understanding their value, and sharing it to the world. This is the service that I offer, and I offer it to $100 million companies where we're setting record-breaking sales goals with it. If you want to know more about that, go to connectwithpablo.com. If you're just an individual that wants to build it, subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to my email list on my website because coming soon is a community where I'm going to teach this to you personally. Go to connectwithpablo.com.